It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Hawks Postcast, part of Locked On Atlanta on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Hawks postcast, your home for the best Hawks talk. It's local insight you can't get anywhere, but right here at Locked On, I'm Tanitra Batiste. Alongside me is Deshaun Tate. The Locked On Hawks postcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, Deshaun, the Hawks made it a season sweep of the Rockets tonight. Slow start off the back-to-back but the Hawks stormed right back in a 38 to 18 second quarter. And we'll talk about it in the end one. Then we'll look ahead to Monday showdown with the bulls. But first we got T's and Tate's takes on 122, 113 win over Houston and Tate. You said just survive in advance. Yeah, that's what this whole thing is about. And, and that's exactly what they did. I pulled that old, uh, um, you know, my, my, my college basketball March Madness reference right there when I talk about surviving advance. And it felt like much like one of those type of games where you're kind of on the edge of your seat, kind of like yeah. a nail biter. You always think that you got the game in hand. And then next thing you know, the team comes storming back, kind of that David versus Goliath a little bit. Um, I, I could have done without, you know, all of these players, ju- ju- you know, um, um, Jeff Green looking like he was Jeff Green from 20 years ago. Asan, uh, um, uh, um, the rookie, uh, oh, Thompson, Thompson with yeah. Duncan Ooh. and all kind of athleticism showcasing. And, um, it was nice to have Dylan Brooks in check. It's always nice when you can have Dylan Brooks in check and him not running his mouth a bunch, but, oh, um, um, you know, this was, you know, a battle of two teams that were obviously uh, both on back to backs. And yeah. I think we could have potentially been looking at maybe a little bit of a different outcome mm-hmm. uh, if we were adding another four or five minutes to this game, if I'm just being honest. Um, or if, you know, the Houston Rockets had converted on their on their free throws. I think they shot like 63 percent from the charity stripe on tonight. But uh, the first the first few minutes were looking like a dunk contest. A lot of, you know, Jalen Johnson dunks and things like that. And um, I mean, considering the circumstances, you know, I I think probably one of the bigger things to me was obviously not having Bruno um, where I think you kind of saw, especially on tonight, um, you know, how active he had been the last few games without Clint, obviously, as well. Um, not having him, I think, hurt a little bit. Yeah. And uh, Ayeka Okongwu, uh, you know, picking up his third foul like midway through the second quarter or something like yeah. that, I think Ooh. it was. So him having to, you know, humble himself a little bit and kind of calm himself down and, you know, obviously not just picking up some of the little ticky-tack fouls. But right. um, listen, it's 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 a win. And I know a lot of people are going to say it's Houston. They're 5-19 and 19 on the road. But when you're without some really key contributors and having to play some guys that typically don't play very much or in those positions that they're used to playing, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think it's all that bad. I mean, Houston's, yeah. a, Houston, Houston's a good team that's not a good team yet, if that makes sense. No, it does. It does. And it's one of those things where Houston is a good team that's not a good team because <laughs> they're like their records are virtually the same. I mean, so yeah. you look at that and they're both coming off Back-to-backs, albeit Houston having to come from across the border, having taken on the Raptors, but it was a hard-fought game, so that that kind of took them out. But then you look at the game tonight as well, and like you said, the Hawks were down, Clint Capella, because, of course, he's still out. 
uh, due to that left adductor strain. But then we got the shock of Bruno Fernando being out after he had played those good games, but he had an illness that seems to be kind of going around with the Hawks. And then, of course, uh, no Patty Mills there as well because he was ill. So yeah. you start looking at a very short lineup coach's decision <laughs> yeah. for Andre Griffin, not to, uh, AJ Griffin rather, not to play. Mm-hmm. And of course, DeAndre Hunter. We were kind of expecting that at some point he was going to have to take a night off due to knee injury management. He played mm-hmm. three straight. So not shocked that this is the game, especially on a back to back where we didn't see DeAndre inserted into the lineup. So yeah, you're literally talking about eight players. And you're talking about one of those players being Kobe Bufkin, and we'll talk more about him in the and one. But it was kind of an up and down. Like, literally, that first quarter, I was saying to myself, uh oh, Hawks are looking a little tired, but I got to give him some credit. But before mm-hmm. I give him that credit, I got to still call him out because I thought I no said doubt. last night I wasn't for the holding on for dear life situation. You did right? say that last, literally, right. like 24 hours ago. Exactly. So I'm like, did they not understand the assignment? Nobody wanted to play games with these Rockets tonight, right? But yeah. and it was a tough one because thank goodness that some of the areas where the Hawks were hurting, somehow, some way they were able to get it done. And primarily because they flipped things first quarter, it was all Houston 31 to 19, mm-hmm. and literally almost an identical score flipped 38 to 18 for the Hawks. And then it was just kind of, you know, back and forth, Hawks managed to still lead the way in the third quarter and escaped by losing the fourth quarter, but still winning the game. So mm-hmm. you do look to that, but it just, it's like, ah, oh, that, that whole fourth quarter situation just, it, it does. It's agitating. You, you're, you're happy that they escaped, but it's agitating. But then, like you said, free throw percentage wise, the Rockets were deplorable. 64%. The Hawks were just, better enough i know that's not good grammar but they were just better enough because they think were it, I, for a while i think it's great grammar by the way <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like they they got to 76 percent, and that's respectable enough for free throws in a tight game and you start when you need those points down the stretch the other piece there is i really like the fact that they listen to you at least for the last couple of games and the last couple of postcasts, only 11 turnovers. So when you protect the ball and then you're getting points off turnovers from your opponent, that bodes well. And another thing that you've been kind of looking for was an uptick with the fast breaks, uh, fast break points and points mm-hmm. in the paint. And here's the interesting part. Now, fast break points, it was a slight edge for the Hawks. But here's the interesting part. Points in the paint, they didn't have the edge but they yeah. were still right. There was almost even. And the reason I say that is because the game kind of showed you some domination, some dominance on the inside because of the market difference in rebounding, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So you're thinking to yourself, how, how how does that happen? Like, how do you get out-rebounded, especially in a department that's all your own, offensive rebounds? You get out-rebounded 16 to 9, right? And then defensive rebounds 42 to 32. But points in the paint, you were pretty much dead even, 58 to 42, so oh, 52 to 48, rather. So I kind of took that as saying, while on the defensive side of the court, when the Hawks were in the paint, it wasn't exactly their playground or sure. you know minimizing second chance points when they were on defense. But when it came to offense and they got inside, they were those same guys That's right. that they weren't able to take advantage of on one side of the court, they were able to get it done on the other. 
Well, the funny part about that though, Tanitra, is now I have the a front court, right? Well, now <laughs> now I have a bone to pick because either A, you've been living in my head rent free, <laughs> B, you've been like stealing my eyeballs some way somehow from what I was looking at tonight, because I have here what I call the the uh, the answer key or the handy dandy notebook, and I literally just wrote down all of the exact same things. <laughs> none of this is scripted, people. No, none of that. None of this is scripted, and. And, and you literally just said the exact one of the exact same takeaways that I was going to mention. I think the other piece here um, is the fact that, you know, obviously um, Atlanta had the, the free throw edge yes. um, shooting, you know, obviously converting on 75 percent of their free throws in which that's not, you know, I like to live in the 80s somewhere. Yeah. But they did attempt nearly 20 more free throws there than Houston did. There so I thought that that was a little bit. Um, alarming. And then you start looking at the bench points where, you know, Houston had 33 bench points and, and Atlanta had 14 and Atlanta still found a way to be able to, you know, gut out this win. So I just thought that those things were, you know, obviously really huge. And then you start, you know, talking about, um, Somebody must have hurt someone. Well, I think Aaron Holiday must have hurt me because I've been going on this rant for I don't know how many weeks talking about how this team needed to upgrade their bench and not in the ways of which they have a year ago when I believe it was Aaron Holiday that was on this team. Uh, And some way, somehow, you know, what did he go off for? I think like 18 point scenes or something like that tonight. So he definitely must have hurt me somehow. Right. And people, you may not think 18 is a big deal or you may not see it as going off. But in 22 minutes on seven to 10 free field from the mm-hmm. field and three and mm-hmm. five from three. Oh, yeah. That's Aaron Holiday. Saying, oh, for sure. Oh, you know what Aaron Holiday was saying. I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to tell our Hawks <laughs> postcast folks. They know exactly what Aaron Holiday was talking about. But hey, nonetheless, like you said, when you can look down most of the categories and see the play or the stats dead even and only a few where the Hawks had an advantage, but they took advantage in those areas. Hey, that's one of those where Deshaun and I don't have to say a win is a win is a win because this one is another good win because you knew you just had to gut it out dressing eight and you did it. Listen, we'll talk more about Hawks Rockets when we come back in the end one. This episode of our Locked On Postcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you guys the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that guarantee to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh just picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Well, told you guys about him a couple nights ago. You got a chance to see his brother in action tonight, Amin Thompson, who had 12 points against the Hawks tonight. But his brother, Osir, has been doing some damage there as well. And he's doing damage on a Pistons team that has overhauled its roster and really given him an opportunity to play a bigger role. So that's a guy that you definitely want to keep in mind for your fantasy basketball team. But don't forget, you got Josh Lloyd to help you from our Locked On Fantasy Basketball pod. And he can help you to win your fantasy championship, just like eBay Motors can help you to be a champion winner or champion and a winner about each player being a perfect fit 
meaning for your car. Now, who are the players on your car? Well, there are 122 million parts you can choose from to see which of the eBay Motors pieces can be players with your ride or die. I'm talking roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, headlights, eBay Motors has it, whether it's for the inside of the car or outside of the car. You want to rock with them because they also have a guaranteed fit. It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you are burning rubber and not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items apply, and so do exclusions. So, Deshaun, the Hawks got their sixth win in the last eight games. That is Really, really a good sign of them going in the right direction and continuing to go in the right direction. But you don't just go in that direction by yourself. Typically, there's some guy, and even sometimes we give a lot of that credit to Trey Young. But what I like about this six-game stretch where they won six out of the last eight or this eight-game stretch, because they were in it even in the games that they lost. I like the fact that you and I have had conversation about different players. But low-key, the most consistent guy two-way has been five. I feel like we should welcome him back on so many levels because, of course, we know that DeJounte Murray was out a couple games due to lower back pain, and you know that I know the pain of that, so I knew that if it was a lower right or lower back pain for him, it's something that's very difficult to kind of overcome because he's a guy we know doesn't like to miss a game. Well, he came back with a fierceness tonight. 34 points, off nine of 19 shooting from the field, four of nine from three, six rebounds, seven assists, just an absolute complete game. But this is what we've been seeing from him. So I welcome him back from two games down, but I also welcome him back from getting beyond that darn trade deadline. Hello. Of course, you know, and that's that's probably what I'm most excited about. And listen, I, I think it's been well documented or unless you've been living under a rock, you heard me say on this postcast multiple times that. I just wanted to see a little bit more. Like, I just yeah. didn't feel like I felt cheated to a degree. Like, I, 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 I didn't get a chance to see everything for as long as I wanted to see it for. And I'm not mad at the people who feel like that they did see it because I it, it felt like I saw enough, but I knew that I just had it. So um, but but this is a, a perfect reason as to why. And while I'm definitely going to give, <clears throat> excuse me, DeJounte his flowers, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'll give five his flowers. But I think when you start talking about the consistency, because guess what i any chance i get if it's there and i see it i have to call it out consistently inconsistent but there's a reason why i haven't had to use that term ever for in a long time um he's part of the reason why another part of the reason why is the other consistent player that i think has done just as good of a job if not better or somewhere relatively close to him has been number 41 in sadiq bay who has been pulling out you know assisting the team and pulling out a lot of these you know gutsy type wins playing different positions that he's not used to playing starting in positions that he's not used to starting in for extensive time amongst so many other things so i definitely want to give him his credit too but let's just be honest i want to wake some something up here just for a quick second um people want to know what what is you know what what has kind of, how has this team kind of turned the corner or what's different it's not about the it's not just about the wins like everybody's looking yeah. at wins and losses and trying to base so much off of that i don't think it's necessarily about the wins it's the it's the energy it's the feel the same thing and i i don't want to say this too prematurely um and get too far ahead of myself but it wasn't that long ago we were having conversations about 
Trey and DeJounte we're just gonna call it out there for what it is on the tape put it on the table and it just didn't seem like it's working for a reason because that chemistry and that energy just did not seem good it just seems like it just was not there that feels like it's starting to grow and come along as Mm -hmm. is the chemistry between this entire team so I just wanted to make that part known because it's not just about this team winning if this team play collectively and cohesively as a group and as a unit yet still losing games i can still learn to be okay with that because they are growing within the cherry on top honestly is the fact that they are winning the games yeah and even when they're losing the games they're losing the games to teams that they aspire to be like Mm -hmm. so i look back at a Kawhi leonard paul george james harden clippers loss right And that was a quality loss. The reason I say that is because you're seeing a team that looks like what the Hawks would look like if they had played connected from from day one. See, this Mm -hmm. this is a team of guys that knows one another. And, you know, some of those guys go way back from their days in Cali and playing on the AAU circuit and that sort of thing and always remaining cool and always Mm -hmm. hoping for the opportunity to play together. And finally, after all these years, George. Leonard, Harden, they, they get to play together. And you're seeing maybe some of the most unselfish ball, dare I say, mm-hmm. from James Harden of his career. You're seeing a rejuvenated Paul George and my Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Exactly, That's right. One. And Westbrook, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, taking, you know, the, the opportunities he has in limited role and, and working with it and also seeing a Kawhi, Leonard looking like he did in the run to the championship with the Raptors. The reason I say that is because you're starting to see a Hawks team that's looking like that connectivity and togetherness that don't always show up in the stat line specifically. However, when you get wins and you're looking at it from the lens that we're looking at it, we know what we're seeing. So there's no stat for togetherness. There's there's no stat for connectedness. There's no stat for communication. But there's a reason Quinn Snyder has mentioned it in just about every press conference, because if you think about it, those are the little intangibles that give you stat lines like we talked about tonight or stat lines in some of their better wins in this eight game stretch. So so, yeah, I think you have to mention those. And you always also have to go back to guys like Sadiq Bey, a guy who is now averaging 16 points after a horrid yeah of going absolutely cold where we just wondered like did something like was it a flash that we saw last season (laughs) the second half of last season or what like which one of those guys is Sadiq but like you said I think 41 that we've seen in the last five games is the right 41 he's the guy averaging 16 points shooting 45 percent from the field 43 percent from deep but playing two-way ball good two-way ball seven rebounds in 30 minutes those are his stats from the last five games and then you know what he did tonight now he had to play almost a full 48 because he was in that starting lineup and had to give so much in a different looking front court but still 24.6 rebounds three assists is a quite a nice night for Sadiq Bay and also a nice night Deshaun when again no Clint Capella, no Bruno Fernando. So Jalen Johnson has to play center, essentially. Onyeka mm-hmm. Okagu has to kind of play center, too. Mm-hmm. Sadiq Bay has to just kind of play. It was almost like front court. Play positionless basketball, go. And besides being out-rebounded, I kind of liked what I saw. And I'm not saying that there wasn't a struggle there with those sure. two in the front court. But I thought sure. that they held their own for what they needed to do to get through this game. 
Well, I think the other thing is the fact that we just talk about all these missing pieces. It'll be hard to be any YMCA team just with these guys right. that are out there on the floor considering everybody that's missing. Yeah. But on it top is. of that, you don't have your typical 30-point, 10-assist type of game from Trey Young either. You right. also don't have when when you know, when you know when it just seems like you need some kind of offense to come from somewhere and nobody's really paying attention to it as much. That's mm-hmm. where you start pulling, you know, Bogey Bogdanovic off of the bench. He yeah. didn't have one of his typical games that he comes in right. and saved the day for either. Mm-hmm. So when we start talking about, you know, next man up, next guy got to step up, like that's legit literally what this team has done. I think that's one of the reasons that we've been so impressed Pressed by it. Luckily, Tadicha, we didn't have one of our insert random guy's name here type of moments because I don't know who this Nate Williams guy is. And there ain't very many guys in the NBA that came out of college who I don't know who they are. I have no idea. I don't know. This guy could be a taxi cab driver for all I know. He could be a Longhorn Steakhouse, even night manager, last shift closing manager for all I know. But this dude was, I think he is career high. I think it was like four points coming into today's game. Well, he had eight points in nine minutes. Like, he was looking really, really good. I'm just glad that uh, the Hawks uh, didn't have to, you know, endure the embarrassment that could potentially have come along with that. Yeah, because you almost tried it. You yeah, almost you did. <laughs> brought the RP to the, to the show tonight. We had not had to mention a random role player in at least five or six days. We haven't. We haven't. We were not about to start tonight. That was not what Deshaun and I were interested in doing. So, yes, Deshaun, thank you. Thank you. And a thousand times, thank you, Hawks, because ain't nobody got time for RRPs. (laughs) At all. Come back. We're going to talk who got next. Hey, this episode of our Locked On Hawks postcast is also brought to you by Nissan. Now, are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further or ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone, Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right in to the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. That is a huge, huge screen that allows you to really focus on the road. So that Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for you, your next adventure. If you don't want to just be seen kind of in that soccer mom car, but you don't really want to be seen in that big body SUV, this is right up your alley because it marries the two perfectly. And The 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is another good look. It has room up to eight, an expansive cargo capacity, and advanced available 4x4 capability. And with 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds towing, when adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. And don't forget about the 2024 Nissan Armada will change what you expect from a full-size SUV. Picture a rugged 4x4 that can still seat up to eight in first-class luxury and style. Tow bigger and explore further in the 2024 Armada. That's Rogue, Pathfinder, Armada, anyone, all two or all three for your next adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. All right, Deshaun, I want to go back to one other player before we go into who's got next. And that is Kobe Bufkin because he was inserted into the lineup tonight. And despite just scoring three points, 
What did his three rebounds show you about the ability and the commitment to two-way play? It's just about being assertive. If, yeah. if, 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 if I have to say something nice about a Wolverine, you know, I was yeah, going to have to say that, but, <laughs> but no, like, I, I think it's just a matter of being assertive. And I, you know, when you're a rookie, you're going out there. Yes. You, you know, still going to have butterflies. We know that he went out, you know, the butterflies and those things don't go away after you make your first basket in the NBA, but he came out, he shot, you know, a couple shots that I think were good shots, good shot mm -hmm. selection. Um, and look like confident shots, um, and tried his best to play defense on some guys that I think he was probably just a little bit, you know, clearly more inexperienced than a little bit smaller than, um, but he didn't just sit back and just let guys go past him. I mean, he really tried to put himself in position to where he's like sacrificing his body a little bit, going to take some bumps and bruises. So mm -hmm. to go in there and rebound the basketball from a guard's perspective, yeah. I mean, you got to give a little bit of, you know, definitely some credit there. He's not just sitting out there, you know, doing jumping jacks out on the wing, talking about pass me the ball. He's trying to go out there and, and see how he can contribute um to bring in some productivity to this team so i definitely give him you know the credit for that because we knew with um the possibility of him likely going to be playing a part in, or getting in a part of the action on tonight mm -hmm. we knew that you know he he um was going to have his number called at some point it was just a matter of what he did with his time and i think considering the you know the the cards that he was dealt that he played them very well yeah, and that's something that Quinn Snyder referred to earlier this year, as well as Coach Ryan Schmidt, of course, the head coach for the College Park Skyhawks of the G League, but also an assistant coach with the Atlanta Hawks. And there was this one particular game back on January 6th where Kobe had uh, the, the Skyhawks for the fourth straight game in scoring. He finished with 27 points, had a career-high six triples, six of 12 from the field, right? And so, or six of 12 from three. But here's the thing, six rebounds, six assists, and a career-high three steals in that same game in just 36 minutes. The reason yeah. I point that out is because he has been that guy who, when I'm in the huddle and I'm listening because, of course, I'm on their TV broadcast team, so I get to go into every huddle and kind of listen. Quiet guy, but very, very intense, very, very focused on hearing what the coach had to say, communicating with his fellow teammates and really then going and putting it into practice in the very next play. And so that's something that you want to see. That's that development. And I don't want to jump the gun, mm -hmm. but that's that same kind of approach that I saw in Jalen Johnson when he was down in college mm -hmm. park. It is also mm -hmm. what I see in Seth Lundy. He may not be as advanced as Kobe, but he's getting there. He's getting yeah. there. And there's that commitment that you want to see because, you know, the, the G League is all about scoring. That's what everybody's all about. But the Hawks are developing their players to be two-way players and understand the importance of playing good D and committing to it. And, Deshaun, I got to tell you, again, three points may not be a big deal to some, but like you said, it was the assertiveness with which he went after his shots tonight, and it was the ability to get back and be a presence on the other side of the court. Well, he's in the record books, and that's the first thing. That's something that nobody's ever going to be able to take away from him for the rest of however long that he lives, you know, being able to tell your kids and tell your grandkids and all those kinds of things. But you also, you know, definitely want to credit him to being able to come back and, 
and put himself in a position to where he can come back. He did a good enough job in the G League. A lot of times what happens is, you know, when it, things just aren't going your way or things just aren't panning out or you get on this, you know, two-way deal or whatever, what have you, and you get sent down to the overpopulated and oversaturated G League. There's grown men down there that are looking to feed their families. They have mortgages to pay. Uh, you know, the, the lifestyle of an NBA player or, or an aspiring NBA player can be very expensive. Yeah. Uh, and so when you're considering all of these different things, sometimes you can get lost down there and can't see mm -hmm. the light at the end of the tunnel to right. make your way back up and have your number called and actually be able to give some contribution. I think that that's, you know, even more credit to what he was able to do in, Obviously, when you're guarding somebody like 11, five, some of these other guys on a you know regular, fairly regular basis mm -hmm. that can do nothing but just help you in a lot of those cases. Almost kind of reminds me of Lou Williams when he was a rookie and got drafted. And obviously every single night in there, you know, practicing with that with Allen Iverson for the Sixers. Yeah, it's, it, it can. It, if it doesn't hurt you, it can only help you. Yeah, indeed. And I think he's that other person that when he does come up for. Uh, playing time with the Hawks or even just when he was called up and never got a chance to take the court. Mm -hmm. Just the ability to be around guys like Trey Young and DeJounte Murray mm -hmm. to see what an all-star looks like, to see what ascending looks like. I think you're right. That is a positive. That can be nothing but also contributing to his growth and his development. Now, the Hawks host the Bulls Monday night. They wrap at the Hornets Wednesday. These are their last two games before the all-star break and we'll talk about this again Monday and maybe even Wednesday as well but I wanted to ask as you can look out tonight what do you want to see from this team collectively but also any individual performances that you want to see before they wrap up for all-star I want them to keep the energy like I'm, I'm so big on the stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet a lot of times mm -hmm. I don't know what they're doing I don't know how they turn this corner I don't know how this is happening to be honest with you um and I know that that may not sound like the greatest thing to say but guess what else I don't care just keep doing it like, you know, there, there's so many other teams, and we talked about this before, Tanisha, where some of these other teams, I had a feeling that they just kind of peaked a little early, and we hadn't seen the mm -hmm. best from the Atlanta Hawks as of yet. We're in, we haven't even scratched the surface of that at, 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 of, of that point yet. So I think as we mm -hmm. just continue to, you know, go back to the drawing board after each game, try and close out, you know, to the All-Star weekend on a positive note, and then look at it from 0-0 zero, zero after the All-Star game. But I, I don't know if you want to touch on that or not, but I definitely want it. We always promise the people this. So I wanted to get through a couple of these uh, comments, if you don't mind. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I'll let yeah, I'll let you go ahead and take over from uh from here. Obviously, looking at the stats, you wonder how yeah. they won. Obviously, they were hitting their shots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, King, uh, and I appreciate all you guys for chiming in, King Philip. I think we're finding our rhythm. Obviously, yes, you know, me and Tanitra can certainly agree with you on that. You see, in a lot of these th comments starting to trend the yeah. same way, Tanitra. People starting to comment. love their energy. Yeah, yeah. Energy, exactly. And Robert's one who always gives the truth, good or bad. He's coming through, and he's going to give his honesty and it's interesting because like you said there's consistency even mm -hmm. in the comments from uh, our our rider dies willie's here too. continue to bring the energy no excuses exactly willie like continue to keep that same energy that's what it's going to take and antoine you're back appreciate you feels good to make it two in a row let's win on monday make it three in a row before all-star break and antoine dare i say 
pull up to Charlotte and make it four in a row. Okay. We can have that conversation and be excited as well. So definitely appreciate you guys for that. And Deshaun, I just want to share one thing before sure go, but sure. Don't be surprised guys. If Deshaun and I revisit this at the end of next week. And that is this Quinn Snyder is finally through collectively a full season as the Hawks head coach. 22 regular season games last year, an in-play-in game, an opening round tournament against the the Celtics. So when you collectively put that together, that's around 30 games, right? And so we're right now at about the 54 mark. Don't look now, but Quinn Snyder has completed a full season with this Hawks team. Maybe not so coincidentally that they're starting to hit their stride. Anyway, guys, thanks so much for stopping by the Locked on Hawks postcast. Remember to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more on the Hawks, check out Locked on Hawks with our guy, Brad Rowland, and we will see you Monday night. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.